Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session from Re- of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today I'm joined by Hannah Woodward, Tom DeAngelis, Tom Terrace, and Rob Longo. Welcome one and all. Good to be here, David. Thanks, David. Awesome, awesome. This is so exciting. If everybody would take their Bibles and turn to John chapter 2, verses 13 through 25, we're going to break open the bread of life and see what Jesus wants to do in teaching us and how to follow him on our journey home to the Father. So, Rob, before we do that, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open the bread of life? I would love to. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit. Amen. amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill our hearts with your love. Holy Spirit, just guide us in our conversation. Thank you, Lord, for the gift of your word, for loving us so much that you didn't want to leave us alone and without guidance, and you left us your word. Thank you, Lord. So as we open up your word, the gospel that we'll hear for this Sunday, please uh, allow your word to penetrate our hearts. Uh, please help us to be docile, to, to receive the correction that we need, and give us the courage to, to implement that, to live that each and every day of our lives. And as we're a little over two weeks into our Lenten journey, Lord, I just pray for the gift of perseverance, uh, that we can stay the course. If we've fallen on any of our commitments, Lord, that we would get back up and recommit ourselves and, uh, and just, just strive each day to know you a little more, to love you a little more, to serve you just a little more. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Sure. Reading from the gospel according to John. Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen, sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and the oxen and spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, Take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of Scripture, Zeal for your house will consume me. At this the Jews answered and said to him, What sign can you give us for doing this? Jesus answered them and said, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. While he was in Jerusalem for the feast of Passover, many began to believe in his name when they saw the signs he was doing. But Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew them all and did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. 
the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord, Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. The, uh, the, the flashback, good memory I had, Tom, when you were reading that was when you mentioned uh, you know, Jesus referring to his body as the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and not that this has anything directly to do with this, but um, one of the, the mysteries of the rosary that I had a tough time meditating on was the presentation of Jesus in the temple. And uh, one time I was in Cape May, New Jersey. Uh, I was actually, we were, we were there for our, our anniversary, my wife and I, and I went out for a run and I'm praying the rosary. And as I'm running, I was like, oh, wait, the Lord just gave me an inspiration that whenever you pray the, the mystery of the presentation of Jesus in the temple, pray that you can present, help me, Lord, to present you to every temple that I meet, to present you to every temple that I meet. And Jesus reminds us that our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit, that that it's not just, you know, he's not talking about buildings here. He's talking about our bodies, our hearts, our, our lives, that, that we need to cl- do, some, do some spring cleaning and mm-hmm. fall cleaning and winter cleaning and summer cleaning, right, and daily cleaning uh, to, uh, to make sure things aren't creeping in there that are, that are taking us off target. Yeah, it's perfect, Rob. And you know what? We need to do what, what, what it's shown right here. We need to invite Jesus into our hearts and a little prayer that says, Lord, drive out of the temple of my heart that is of that which is of the world and not of you. Giving Jesus that permission, come on in, cleanse me of this stuff. You know, disconnect the portals of poison that I'm putting in here. It reminds me so much, Rob, when you share that, of what happened to me, uh, I got hooked back on TV again. And what happens is I'd give all day long. I'd give, I'd give, I'd give to, to this, to that, to, to, to kids, to spouse, and I'd get worn out. And so I was turning on the TV to anesthetize myself, to... <clears throat> to dumb myself down and to vegetate. But I didn't see that as a really grave sin, but my wife did, and she kept counseling me on it. So I went for spiritual direction last week, and I confessed that sin you know, to the priest. And the priest said to me, David, what's the root of that sin? I said, oh, well, self-sufficiency. He said, absolutely, but there's more. You are choosing to self-medicate yourself instead of receiving that healing from God that refilling up your empty tank from God, you're plugging into the ways of the world to that television, which is a portable poison. It's like drinking salt water, thinking you're going to quench quench your thirst. It's killing you. It's killing the spirit within you. And so you don't have the strength to share with your wife, to to fill her bucket, to fill her heart. And so I was like, you're right. I am self-medicating. And so many of us do it through our addictions to worldly things. It can be alcohol, it can be drugs, it can be you know, sexual, it can be whatever. We can self-medicate. And God's saying, yo, 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 come to me. Come to the Lord. Let him heal the wounds, fill our hearts. He's the source of life. That television, quite honestly, was a source of death for me, and I didn't even see it. And guess what was happening? I was in a vegetative state. Well, that's not in union with the Spirit. I've got no brain power at all. I was anesthetizing myself, all the words I would use, and I was dumbing myself down, all those things. So thank you, Lord, for allowing me to go to that great, great, great sacrament of reconciliation and to listen to the counsel of that priest who really helped me to see how the enemy had tapped in and was killing me. And if you just look at a, a room full of kids, full of life and, and zeal, you know, we talk about zeal in here, full of life and zeal and energy and just fun, and, and then turn the TV on, and what happens? It just, you know, they all just sit there like zombies, like, man, the life gets completely sucked out 
of each individual child, and they're just they're just sitting there. So I remember one day I walked into a room, you know, room of kids, and uh, and they were watching something that just was nonsense. Not that it was bad. And someone said, "Well, what's wrong with this show?" I said, "Well, maybe the question should be changed to what's right with it. What's right with it? What, what, what is it about that show that's going to make you a better person? That's going to make you a better, you know, ten-year-old, twelve-year-old, fifteen-year-old, whatever how old you are. You know, because it's time that you're never going to get back. So if you're going to sit in front of the TV, make sure it's something that's going to teach you something, encourage you, inspire you. Like last night, we watched with the family a, a great movie, uh, We Are Marshall." And uh, and what an inspirational movie that is of of a coach coming into a tough situation and inspiring a, a team a team of coaches and players and a, and a whole community. Uh, so if it's you know if we're going to invest our time, let's make sure it's what's right with it, right? Like we can ask ourselves what's what's right with whatever we're doing, not just nothing wrong with it. Yeah, and along the lines of what you guys are saying, in the the last line of this uh, reading, um, uh, you know, Jesus is saying he knew them all and he didn't did not need anyone to testify about human nature because he understood it well. So that gives me great uh, support. I think to myself, I could get so discouraged when I am not living up to my, you know, Christian faith, and I can go to Jesus, and I can, un- I can know that he understands my struggles and my, you know, and my weaknesses and everything, and I don't have to be worried about, um, you know, his judging me, but he understands that I'm, you know, weak in this area or that area. So that gives me great consolation. And, uh, you know, just picking up on that, <clears throat> I think one of the things that, that I've noticed about um, television is that we, when we watch it, we get into a kind of a just an open state so we are kind of in a vegetative state but we're in a very kind of uh, uh, receptive state and you know if 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 what we're watching is really good you know if it's Marshall or you know uh, you know some some other inspirational type of thing then that that's fine that's that's filling our hearts and we're, we're bringing that in kind of uncritically but if it's if it's just um, you know the Food Channel or you know some guy traveling around the world or some people playing a game, um, then I don't think it's even so much a matter of what's wrong with it, but what else could we be doing? Uh, because if we sat in front of the Blessed Sacrament in that same state, you know, and just let Jesus fill our heart and let the Father come to us and minister to us, or if you're tired, just go to sleep. You know, say your night prayers and put yourself in God's hands and just let Him replenish you. I don't even know it so much that there's anything wrong as just what could I be doing better. And that's the thing that I that I think of um, regularly. I remember I saw in, I think, our Sunday visitor or one of the Catholic papers that um, this was like a week before Lent. The Pope had recommended three three films, three movies. And so uh, I, I picked them up and I've watched two of them and they're really outstanding. Um, and they're great for the Lenten journey. One is, um, is called... Um, <clears throat> um, the bicycle thief, uh, and it's it's in Italian, but it has a it has a uh, has subtitles, and but it's a very it's a very sad time after the Second World War when a father's struggling to make a living for his family, and so I'll warn you ahead of time that that was that's one that finishes very profoundly, but very and very strongly, but but it's a sad movie, and then the second one which I had a chance to watch is called Babette's Feast. And that's a Danish film, again, subtitles, but very easy to follow. And uh, that one is almost the exact opposite. It's a very um, uh, it's a very interesting and actively moving film, but it's about a Christian family 
um, who brings people into their home and takes care of them. Uh, and it, it's just really, I won't spoil the ending, but it's a really incredible. But there are some films that I watched, you know, the first week or so of Lent and just let those things kind of wash into my brain. And <clears throat> they've left me with some very great lessons, some lessons of love, some lessons of <clears throat> how to deal with the, the incredible difficulties that we run into in our life, you know. And uh, so I've got I've got one more. It's called La Strada that I haven't watched yet. Uh, I'm very interested because it's Enrico Fellini, who was a little bit of a strange uh, director and producer. So um, I'm kind of interested to see wh- what what Pope Francis saw in that film. Uh, and perhaps I'll report back on that later. But uh. Well, and I, you know, I go down to the sentence here, Tom, as you were sharing, that many began to believe in his name when they saw the signs he was doing. But watch Jesus, what he says. But Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew them all. It's fascinating. There is power in the name of Jesus, and we see miracles happening, a lot of things happening. So they believed in his name, but they really didn't know Jesus because knowing Jesus is a deep level of intimacy with Jesus. So knowing about Jesus, the signs and wonders that he performed, knowing that there's power in his name, but truly in the heart. And God knows our hearts. you know, And that's why Jesus, because it says then, but about about human nature, he did not need anyone to testify to that because he knows our hearts. He knows our every thought. He knows why we believe in him. And do we truly believe in him? Because we have this zeal to learn about him, the Father, the Holy Spirit, to have a communion, a common union with them? Or is it for what we can get out of Jesus for me, myself, and I? And so that, for me, that whole Jesus would not trust himself to them, you know, I'm I never want that. I always want my heart to be pure, filled with his living water, and I want to do all I do for others. I really want Jesus to use me in profound ways. And so many times when we're open like that, God will use us in profound ways. And I'll share a little God story. My daughter had called me from Bolivia, and she said, Dad, you're my, my daughter's best friend. His dad was, her dad was really ill and a lot of heart problems and could possibly pass away. He said, Dad, he needs your prayers. He needs you, Dad. So that ache has been in my heart, that zeal to help this man, that ache was there to help him. And I'm like, you know, I really, so I prayed for him, but I really wanted to meet him. Well, a couple days ago, I was at a, at a restaurant with four Amishmen who have a, a healing ministry, and we were sharing and talking, and beautiful how the Lord's working in their lives. But as we left that restaurant, there in the vestibule, this little teeny vestibule stood my friend. Not an accident, not a coincidence. So he greeted me, and I greeted him, and immediately the power of the Holy Spirit came over me, and I said, may we pray for you? And he gave his permission and said, yes. The Amishmen all come over, laid hands on him. I laid hands on him. The power of the Holy Spirit came out of that prayer, out of that one Amishman. Oh, my goodness. It was a prayer of deliverance, of healing. Just such a powerful prayer. God knew the ache of my heart to help this man. So he set up what I call that divine appointment. And then, not being controlled by fear, I asked permission to give him the greatest gift that I could give him, the gift of prayer. And we all prayed for him. Those heavenly moments, those God moments, those divine appointments, oh my goodness, when the Lord chooses to use us, it causes me to cry. When I have to cry, I just cried. I said, thank you, Lord, for setting up that divine appointment. And that's, you know, when we talk about the Mount of Transfiguration and what we had last week and, and the Lord's, God said, this is my beloved son, listen to him. So we got to keep our ears open to listen, our eyes open to hear, 
and then respond to those opportunities to love, to be Christ to the world. And this was a divine appointment for Jesus, right? That uh, this, this, you know, this wasn't an accident that this happened. And, uh, and when we're open for them, it's, it's pretty awesome. This past week, uh, a friend of mine, a week ago, a friend of mine opened up a, a pizza place in our town, Tony's Pizza. And it's, it's phenomenal. I, I really enjoy his pizza. So the other day I was at uh, a, uh, a car dealership getting my car fixed. And on the way out, I saw a guy coming in with a pizza box. And it's right down, you know, right near this, my, my buddy's pizza place. I said, oh, where, where'd you get the pizza? And he told me where. I was like, nah, you got you to gotta try Tony's. It's awesome. You gotta, he's like, all right, yeah. He said, he said, in fact, I'm the guy that takes care of the whole order for the entire place on Saturdays. So I left and I went to Tony's. He says, hey, man, I was just over here and talked to this guy. I said, why don't you give me a, a menu? And here I thought I was just doing a favor for my friend who owns the pizza place. Um, but you'll see the divine, the divine appointment kick in the gear later. So he says, uh, here's, here's the menu. And I said, do you have a slice of pizza I can bring him? He said, no, no, I'm going to make him a fresh one. So he made him a fresh pizza and he got him a little thing of homemade soup. And he said, here you go. So I went, I felt like a pizza delivery guy. It was awesome. So I went back to the place. I said, hey, I, I ran into this guy. He was carrying a pizza box earlier. He's in charge of the Saturday delivery and they're all trying to figure out who. And they're like, oh, Squiggy. Yeah, oh, Squiggy, come here. So he comes out and we we chat. I tell him you know, who, uh, you know, who the pizza's from and, and he was so excited about it. And we just started sharing and chatting, and uh, and he said, "What do you do?" I told him I worked for uh, a ministry, and uh, told him told him what we did, and specifically what I do with schools and with kids and working with teenagers. And and he said, "You know what? You know, you thought you were coming here to to help your friend Tony out and 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 his pizza place, but I think God wanted you to hear this." He said, "The work that you do makes a difference." He said, I, "I'm a graduate of Teen Challenge." I was addicted to drugs, addicted to alcohol. I was heading down a road that looked like there was no return, but someone like yourself who, you know, who works with young people intervened in my life. And now, um, you know, thanks be to God, I'm, I'm free of my addiction. I'm married, I have a couple kids, and uh, I'm working here for, for 10, 10, 12 years, however long he's been there. And he said, what you do makes a difference. You may never hear it from the kids, but what you do makes a difference. So here, I'm thinking I'm helping my friend to you know, market his, his, his pizza place, but that's a divine appointment that God wanted me to hear because what we do sometimes, you, know, you never hear. You, know, you, you don't hear the feedback, but God occasionally will give you, will give you that kiss and, and, and give you some good feedback. You know, and sometimes we think life's all about pizza and we find out it's a lot more. You know, <laughs> you know when you share that, if we truly, and I encourage all of our listeners Get a little prayer book. Pray that morning prayer. Ask for the gift of the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and the heart to respond to what we see and what we hear. And you will be amazed how God will use you again and again and again. Perfect example, I was down at this antique mall on Sunday and uh, was walking around with my wife and her, her best friend. And I've been looking for something, some things for my old barn that make it look, you know, like it was built in the 1860s, make these add things to it. And there was this little egg crate, mint condition from the 1800s with a cute little handle. Oh, my goodness. It was adorable for 35 bucks. My wife's best friend pointed out to me. I said, awesome. I bought it for 35 bucks. She said, can I carry it? I said, absolutely. This was awesome. So we're walking through the market, and we stopped at this one booth to look at something. And the handle pulls out of this little wooden egg crate carrier. It falls to the ground, and the board breaks. And I'm like... Oh, my. And immediately, 
the man in the booth behind us says, bring that over to me. I fix wood things that break. He said, I'm going to fix that for nothing for you. Now, the friend was all upset that I was going to get mad. I didn't get mad at all. We went over to that man, talked to the man, and the next thing you know, I'm sharing with that man about God and God moments and that this was a God moment and shared to him about Jesus. And it was a beautiful conversation. This man sat there. He's probably eh, close to his 80s. He sat there like a little boy listening to beauty and truth and seeing unconditional love. So I said to my friend who was all upset about what she did, I said, no, 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 you didn't do it. God allowed it to happen because he knew that that man needed to experience Christ at that moment. So he used a little egg crate, which is going to get fixed, you know, to have me be there as a vessel of his love and his truth. So you know what? When things happen, don't react with our human nature, as Christ points out here. Don't react. Stop. Give it to God. Eyes open, ears open, heart ready to respond, and then watch how God will use that moment and, and cause, cause a, a profound effect in a person's life. And, and Tom uh, and David, you, you're both involved in, the, in something that's going to be coming up here in the, in the Harrisburg Diocese in, in our listening area in a couple of weeks, the, the, the men's conference, and talk about human nature, uh, where we'll have you know, thousand and one excuses between now and then why we can't go. Uh, can you just speak to that, you know, just for a moment? What would you say, especially now during Lent, what would, what would be a, a couple good reasons to, to have the men and the women that are listening encourage the men in their lives to, to, to join us at the, at the men's conference? Well, you know, thanks for bringing that up, Rob, because, you know, it's, it's March 21st. It's a Saturday at Bishop McDevitt High School. Starts at 8 o'clock in the morning, goes to about 3 or so in the afternoon. Bishop Gaynor is our keynote speaker, and you're going to learn. It's called um, Warriors for Christ, Men After God's Own Heart. And if you want to be a better husband, a better father, and a better person, if you want to be who God created you to be, come and learn the weapons of war. You're in a war. You're in a battle, and the, and, and the, and the obje- object of the battle is for souls. So if you want to be, again, a better father, a better husband, a better person, come taste and see. There's over 20 presenters. They're going to have all different topics. It's going to give you a manual on spiritual warfare. What does that look like? I'm telling you, this is one of the greatest gifts we could offer to the men of our diocese and surrounding diocese. So come taste and see the literatures in the back of all the churches. Give it out, hand it out, encourage young men, old men, anybody to come, because I promise you, you will change. You will experience God in a profound way through the gifts of all these people who have said their yes to help and share their journey with you. And I wasn't able to attend the men's conference last year, but I was the year before, and it was a much smaller venue. Um, but my experience was that it was just a, it was a profound experience. It was the opportunity to pray with other men. Um, it was an opportunity to discuss with people. I met some people at lunch that I didn't know, and we had you know we had some very um, interesting discussions about things that we had experienced at, at, at the uh, at some of the sessions that we were at. Um, I, there's still things I remember from some of the talks that I, that I heard that have stuck with me. So it is a profound experience. And I know too, that there are, um, there's a program that, um, some of the churches, some of the parishes have been running called that man is you, which is focused on men over a period of, I think two and a half or three years. And I've just become acquainted with it. And we are going to be, um, rolling that out in our parish at St. Joan of Arc. 
But uh, if you're in, if any of people in the listening area are involved with that program at St. Teresa's or some of the other parishes where it's uh, it's already started, um, I would say this would be a, an incredible compliment. I did have an experience of one of those sessions, and this would be a great opportunity for you to go and share with a wider audience and listen to some other people's input beyond just that Man Is You program. Again, that's March 21st, Saturday, about two weeks from now. Starts at 8 o'clock at Bishop McDevitt High School, ends about 3.30. And again, come, taste, and see. I promise you, your life will change, and you will produce fruit and produce it in an abundance. And if you think about the the exercises that we're supposed to enter into during Lent as as athletes for Christ, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, uh, what a great way to... to, to exercise uh, our, our spiritual muscles, and you figure our heart coming into Lent, you know, it's filled with stuff, distractions, you know, TV and and internet and social media and you know, food that we might not be supposed to be eating. So our heart's filled, work, money, distractions, and we go to the Lord in fasting. We say, Lord, please free us from some of these distractions, and then He has a heart that's available, right? So you bring that heart that's available on March 21st to our Lord, surrounded by men that are just like you, that are trying to be better sons of God, better husbands, better fathers, better brothers, better friends, and you bring that heart that's available, and then he will fill it with love, with peace, with patience, with joy, with encouragement, with courage, with with fortitude. He will fill that heart, so then you can go and give almsgiving. It's not just about a $5 bill in the basket. Then you can go and give that when you leave to your wife, to your brother, to your sons, to your daughters, to everyone that you meet. Awesome, Robin. And, you know, our friends sometimes talk about that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I promise you, come taste and see. You'll not only have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you'll have an ever-deepening intimate one, but you'll also have one with the Father. Can you imagine that? An intimate relationship through Jesus Christ with the Father and then also with the Holy Spirit, our advocate, our counselor, our guide that lights our path. All that can be had, can be experienced, what does God want? Your yes, the gift of your eight hours that could change your life, that has a ripple effect in your family for your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, and generations to follow. So come, the invitation is yours, because reality, the battle is real, the war is raging, the mission is ours should we choose it. The objective is clear, the salvation of souls. God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening.
And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.